When I looked into my baby's eyes for the first time, I knew at that moment what real love actually is. Mora Geddes. I'm just a good old boy, trying to be a good old man, out here learning on the fly, trying to do the best I Hello and welcome to the Faithful Fatherhood Podcast. I am Brett Etheridge, co-host of the podcast. Not with us today is our co our other co-host, Perry Hughes, who, if you listened to the last episode, you heard him explain that his coming-of-age trip with his second born Liam was postponed a week. So as we are recording this, he is off surfing somewhere with Liam. So hard life. <laughs> but I can't wait to hear from Perry and Liam next time. This time, however, we have a special guest, Crystal Shields. Crystal, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Uh, thank you for being here. And by the way, you are the first female guest, really the first female ever to appear on the Faithful Fatherhood podcast. Yeah. <laughs> she's she's doing Raise the Roof, if you couldn't see that. I like breaking records. Yeah. Well, and there's a very important reason, obviously, that we have Crystal on the show, and that's because we need to talk about the actual birth of our children, like the labor and delivery of our kids as we become fathers. And it just didn't quite seem right for two guys to sit around trying to talk about what happens in a woman's body <laughs> as if we actually know. Uh, so I have invited Crystal to be on because Crystal is, she's a doula. She's a birth coach. I'll let you, Crystal, explain what a doula actually is. But but Crystal's who I learned about the birthing process from uh, for the birth of my first child, Declan, my first biological child back in 2018. And so really the purpose of this episode is sort of twofold. Number one, completely selfishly, I need a refresher because I actually have another baby on the way and it has been four years since I have thought about all this stuff and learned all of this stuff. And so Crystal, I need you to remind me about everything that I am in store for. And then, and then the second reason is because I think a lot of a lot of men out there also have questions about what's going to happen, maybe for the first for the birth of your first child. So for some of you listening, you're about to go through this process for the first time. For others of you, maybe you've already gone through it once and you realized you weren't there the way you needed to be there. Maybe you didn't support your wife the way that you needed to. You want to do it different, better, show up in a in a more powerful way for subsequent births. And so, so that's what we're going to talk about. We're just going to sort of break it all down. We're going to get into the weeds a little bit. It might be a little bit PG-13. I don't know exactly what Crystal is going to explain sure. about the birthing process. But uh, anyway, we are here for all of it. So to set the stage... I need to make sure that we have the right mindset because I think far too many men think that our job is done once the baby is actually conceived. Comedian Jim Gaffigan, I think, explains it perfectly. My wife did it. She had four babies in her apartment. She's an amazing woman. Really, all women are amazing, and I mean that in a very pandering way. are really you know a woman can grow a baby inside their body and then somehow a woman can deliver the baby through their body and then by some miracle a woman can feed a baby with their body and when you think of the male contribution to life it's kind of embarrassing really the guys i was like you know what? i help too for like five seconds. 
doing the one thing I think about 24 hours a day. Well, enjoy your morning sickness. I'm going to eat me some chili. All right. So that's hilarious, first of all. And I joke, but sort of, because I think it is the case that a lot of men sort of don't realize that there's more to the process. There's more for them to be doing during the process. And so, Crystal, I'll bring you back on and just, I'll ask you right out of the gate, like, does Jim have it right? And in your experience, how long how long have you been a doula? How long have you been doing this? So I have been... Uh, a childbirth educator for 11 years, and it kind of naturally, organically segued into me becoming a doula for um, the stu- my students. And I never had being a doula on my radar, even though I had one with, um, I've had a doula with all my deliveries, um, but I, I had one with my first. And, and so, yeah, it just kind of naturally happened. And so I've been doing that for 10 plus years now. And, um, and yeah, I love it surprisingly. Well, let's, let's get to the basics. What is a doula for men listening who may not even know what a doula is? Okay. So a doula is someone that you hire to come alongside you and your wife to, um, help you navigate through the labor process. And, the way I tell my students, think of it as um, if you're climbing Mount Everest, you need a Sherpa. It would be ridiculous to climb Mount Everest without a Sherpa. <laughs> and so um, they're your labor Sherpa and they are with you um, throughout the labor process, coaching you, encouraging, encouraging you. They're there for the delivery and then they stay for um an hour or two after you have the baby. So so you've been involved in a lot of deliveries. And I think the stereotype, certainly the way the stereotype is portrayed on television and just sort of maybe stories I've heard about other men I know and, and people in my own family and sort of what their birthing experience was like, that it's like the woman does all the work and the men just sort of show up and get handed the baby. Hey, it's a boy, it's a girl. And, you know, I think in the olden days, right? Not even the olden days of just even just a few decades ago, men weren't even allowed back in the delivery room. And so there wasn't really a role for men. I mean, is that correct or not? Or do you see men more active and present in the birth of their children these days? So, yes. So we definitely see a more active role in, in, um, the husbands. And, but I want to make sure that, you know, you future dads um, understand that this is a very normal process to be nervous about. Your wife will be nervous. You will go in um, feeling very, this almost like you're going to mess it up (laughs) if you get involved. And so that's where we just want to, if you can just educate yourself a little bit together. Um, you know, you conceive this baby together. You need to educate yourself together to, to, it's a team process to, to help bring life into this world. And, um, and so, yes, we have been trained over the past really close to 80 years that, um, it's a very medical thing that, um, 
it's a very fear, fearful process. You know, everyone tells you the the word you ever, for some reason when you say you're pregnant, um, people want to tell you the their horror stories, and um, and so we've kind of been trained that it's a very scary process that our bodies can't deliver a baby that you know, men don't really need to be involved in the process. And so we're, things are definitely, have definitely changed. Things have changed. My oldest is 12 and things are very different from the time I had him 12 years ago to, to now. Um, so um, the whole medical process is, is always changing, but how we deliver a baby and how a baby comes out does not. And so labor is, there are a bunch of normal variations, but it's pretty predictable. Your baby will come out one way or another. <laughs> um, that's a guarantee. And um, and so, yeah, if we can help change that mindset of this is actually, it's not a fearful process. This is a beautiful thing that God has designed our bodies to do. Then you go in excited about it. And I, I do hear that all the time. That's an encouragement for the woman, certainly. I remember something I think you said during our birthing class is that life is the default. And so all too often men are fearful or you hear these horror stories. And yes, things can happen and complications can happen. And yet the way our bodies were designed, as you suggested, is for life and to produce life. And and I think as a, as a father, that was really encouraging and comforting for me to hear. And, and so I, I thank you for sharing that. And I would just, I would just want to emphasize that point right at the outset for men. Now, each pregnancy and delivery though is different, can be different. And by the way, how is, so Crystal is another, a new mom. I was going to say a new mom and yet it's your fifth child, right? So, but, uh, but you just recently had uh, your fifth. Tempe, how is she doing? She's doing great. She's our big surprise late in life baby. And, um, we call her the finale baby, but yeah, so she's our fifth and she's great. And I have older kids that can help with her and it's a whole new ball game <laughs> when you have older kids, but she's wonderful. But so each pregnancy and delivery, I imagine is different. Is it different for the men? Does the role of the father change from birth to birth as well? Oh, that's a good question. No, I don't think so. Um, the main thing that, um, that, that husbands need to know is no matter how ill-equipped you feel, your, your wife will want you there and just your presence there is enough. Just holding her hand and, and saying encouraging things to her is, um, is vital. So. I've had all, all five of my births have been, um, they've been all natural deliveries, which very much intimidated my husband. He's a, he's an engineer. And so he was um, very intimidated when, when I told him, Hey, I'm going to actually need your help to have this baby. And you're going to have to be up with me laboring. And he was like, what, <laughs> you know? And so um, and he did great. And he will he would tell you that he felt like he was the last person on the planet to be able to help um, a woman in labor. And he did great. And so um, my labors have all been very different. And he has just been very steady. He's just been present and encouraging. 
at, at all of them. So a steadying presence, being mm-hmm. present. Right. What else do you see as the role of the father during the birthing process? And you know, as I was reflecting on this, this is really for fathers our first opportunity to try to do fatherhood right. It's our opportunity to help bring our children into the world. And just as we want to show up correctly in the lives of our children once they're actually born, and we've been talking about that on the podcast, really, like, let's rewind. And what what is our role during the, the labor, the delivery, and in the months leading up to that. And so as you see it, Crystal, you know, what, what do you view as the role of the father during the birthing process? So specifically during the birthing process, you're going to hone in on that, um, being a protector. And when, um, when you're, when your wife is in labor, she cannot speak for herself. She's just trying to focus on, um, getting through that process and, you there may be a time where dads will need to step up and say, hey, there's too many people in this room and y'all being loud. I need y'all to leave. You're going to need to pray for her. You're going to need to give her a water and ice and um, you're going to have to stay awake with her, <laughs> and which is not easy when it's you're not the one um, experiencing labor. And so just being ready to step up and if there are any type of um, complications or things that need to be discussed when you're in labor, um, making sure that that you are saying, okay, thank you for that information. Give us a few minutes to think about that. And um, I think that is the the biggest thing. I mean, there are all these other little things like being able to help her relax and help her to move, take her to the bathroom when she doesn't want to, when she's in labor, there's all these little things, but I think men need to be prepared that they need, they have a very active role in labor. You do not think that you do, but you absolutely do. Cause you're going to be her voice for her when she's not able to speak. And we're going to talk about each of the stages of the the labor and delivery process, and maybe you can get a little more specific about sort of what men can and should be doing during each of those stages. But but let's settle here for a moment because you're raising an interesting point, and I love how you describe that. I mean, men, you are the protector during this process. Okay, move. Like I can, I can step up, I can do that. But it sounds like that requires some some forethought, some conversations with your wife. You taught us to to think about a birth plan and what are the most important things for us, for you, my wife, during the delivery process. What are do's and don'ts? If this happens, like do we want this medical intervention? Do we not want this medical intervention? Because, like you said, once you're in the midst of the battle. And she's in pain and she's screaming and you know all these things are happening and it's chaos and it's crazy. Um, that's where we need to step in and already know sort of what decisions need to be made, right? So, so maybe talk about when those conversations should happen and maybe a handful of the key questions that should be discussed between a husband and a wife before labor actually starts. Okay. So when you find out you're pregnant. And um, there definitely needs to be um, talk about how you want this process to go. And 
and, and guys, don't be intimidated to say, well, this is really important to me. Like, what do you think? You know, you're a team, like, you know, your input is, we want your input. And, um, so for example, um, the process when me and my husband found out we were expecting our first, we, we, we didn't know anything, you know, and I give the example, I was a pediatric nurse for 10 years. And I went into, even with that medical background, I went into birth, not knowing anything. When I found out I was pregnant, I was like, well, I better learn how to get this baby out of me because I don't have a clue. <laughs> and, um, and so someone with a medical background, that was me, you know, someone that has zero medical background, it's just kind of compounded that much more. So we decided that we needed to take an extended childbirth education class, which is, I mean, that, of course, I'm going to say you need to take a class because I'm a childbirth educator, but um, this is a process, um, you know, they, there's the saying that ignorance is bliss. I tell everyone, this is not when ignorance is bliss. <laughs> the more you go in prepared, the more like empowered you feel and it's not as scary um so if you know what this process is going to look like and you're seeing it unfold in front of you the way that you were taught you're like oh wow okay this is first stage labor and this is what she said would happen and i'm seeing that you you start to kind of trust that process more um and so um there needs to be discussion on where, who you want your care provider to be, where you want to have your baby and like, and just what your hopes for the labor process and delivery process are. Some women, um, want an epidural, but some women, um, want to avoid induction. So, okay, how do we, how do we educate ourselves to avoid induction? Um, we want a natural birth. We want a home birth. So what do we need to do to prepare for that? So I would say that it's just a constant conversation uh, when you find out you're pregnant, like how you want to be. And then you just have to listen because, you know, even when I was pregnant with my fifth child, my husband had to hear, I'm nervous. Oh, my goodness. You know, we're we're doing this again. And and you kind of have to go with the emotions and and just know that she's going to need to do some venting. And that's OK. And just listen. Right. And just be there. Just listen. Yes. Yeah. Real quick on this, you raise another interesting point. So you're encouraging fathers, men to voice some of their desires, wishes, hopes for the process. And, and we might not even know what that is, but let's say, let's say our wife then says, I want a natural home birth or I want to go to the hospital. And those are diametrically opposed to the vision that the father had for the mm -hmm. process. Ultimately, I would imagine like kind of what the what the woman wants goes. What advice would you have, or, or is that even correct? But what advice would you have? I know you've seen lots of couples, lots of different types of deliveries at home in hospitals. If if a father is nervous about, I mean, you mentioned that Thomas wasn't quite sure about this whole home birth thing. What advice would you have to men who whose wives may envision a very different delivery and labor process than they do or they're comfortable with? Mm -hmm. Well, I think as 
I'll go back to education. I think that as you educate yourselves together um, and like um, just kind of dive into, call it, I call it birthing school, um, you'll start to be more relaxed and a little less nervous. And and I do, I, I'll have couples that um, the, the wife is kind of leaning really, you know, was leaning towards a home birth, but the dad, that made him very nervous. And even after educating themselves through a class, um, that was kind of their compromise. Um, they hired a doula and they had a hospital birth with some midwives. They, they kind of found um, a middle ground. Um, if the dad was still like, I just don't you know, feel comfortable with that. But sometimes after taking a class, they're like, oh, okay, you know, this this seems okay. Um, but I think that there are ways, ways to compromise that and, and both people still be happy with the situation. So lots of communication, lots of education in the months leading up to labor and delivery. We need to get our minds around what's about to happen. Maybe you can walk us through it a little bit here though. So let's let's get into the weeds a little bit. Uh, the way I remember it is there are really three sort of separate stages of labor. They obviously all flow together, but why don't you sort of describe what the labor process is actually like, and then we'll sort of drill down into each of the three stages and talk about the the father's role in each of those stages. Okay. So you have what's called a first stage labor, and that is your longest stage of labor. That's that's um, when your wife wakes you up in the middle of the night and says, babe, today's the day. I'm having some contractions. Um, and it's from that very first moment until um, we switch into the this uh, this thing called transition. So first stage is where you're having um, consistent contractions, and they are um, very rhythmic, and they're they're becoming more powerful, and they're getting closer together. This can take, um, you know. The average time to be in first stage labor is um, at least 12 hours for a first time mom, but um, that's not, oh, this is like I'm dying 12 hours. This is just from the start, that first contraction. And you kind of ease into this labor. A lot of people think that the majority of labor start with this woman wakes up in the middle of the night, screaming bloody murder, her water broke. And it's like a nightmare. And that's just not how that's the movies. <laughs> and so it's a very most of the time, unless you have what's called a fast and furious um, de- delivery, which isn't which isn't a very common in first time moms. But it's a very gradual process. And um, and then you um, have this what's after first age labor you have this um, really intense, short-lived part of labor called transition. And that's just as your body is preparing to eject your baby, your your body is gearing up to push your baby out. And that is that is the most intense part of labor. But like I said, it's it's the shortest part. And so after that, you have what's called second stage or pushing. And um, 
pushing is when you are literally pushing your baby out. And the average time for a first-time mom with pushing is two hours. So a lot of people think it's like, oh, push, and here they are. No, that's a process in itself as well. So um, you have first stage, transition, second stage, which is pushing. And then the third stage of um, delivery is um, the delivery of the placenta. And then you're done. And you did it. (laughs) And then... You've got a new baby, and then you've got to figure out what to do with that baby, and then your whole your whole life yeah, changes. Yeah, real life begins. <laughs> so, and your wife has done a lot of work, and we need to support her after delivering the baby. We'll get there in a moment. Let's go back to stage one. So you said this is sort of the gradual build, and it could last up to 12 hours. Uh, what What's the father's role during stage one? So you... Are just there. This is where um, if you're at work and you get like a call, hey, I'm having some contractions, you come home and um, you're just being w- with her and whatever she needs. Um, in, in early, the early part of that first stage, it's important just to relax and watch movies, eat dinner, you know, whatever time of day, you just kind of go about your normal life as you're having these um contractions, making sure that she is drinking enough water, making sure that um, when she's laying down, relaxing, you know, you're rubbing her back. Um, If she's taking a nap, I highly recommend you take a nap and, um, and just encourage, encouraging her. I always tell people like, you know, men are very simple minded when it comes to how they need to remember things. And um, I always tell my dads, just think in and out. I need to make sure she's drinking. I need to make sure she's peeing in and out. (laughs) And so just those two things, keeping her hydrated and making sure her bladder is empty is, is, is huge. And you don't even think about that. And, you know, going into why your bladder needs to be empty is like a whole anatomy thing. And we don't have to get into that. But it's just a very simple thing that makes a big difference. And just being a support when she, when the contractions are getting, um, you know, when the rubber meets the road and contractions are intense, just um, holding her hand and letting her lean on you, you know, spiritually, physically, all the ways. But um, so, yeah, that's kind of like what first stage looks like. Sure. And and obviously, man, if you have gone through a specific birthing class, Crystal taught us what's called the Bradley Method and and literally taught us ways of, of helping to relax our wives and different massage techniques and different ways to help position her on the bed uh, or wherever she wanted to feel most comfortable to be in the most relaxed position possible. And so, so obviously, if you already know of some of those specific ways that you can be supporting your wife do that. And the other thing I would just interject here is that sometimes things happen and they come up. So in stage one for us with Declan, he was he was sort of rotated around facing facing the wrong way, which gives a woman what's called back labor. And again, Crystal, feel free to to interject if I'm saying anything incorrect, but but what was, you know, painted to be a somewhat gradual, quote unquote, easy you know, process going into labor for Melanie was actually pretty intense and pretty acute right out 
right, right out of the gate because of the back labor issue. And so, so we decided, you know, there were some specific techniques that I tried to support her with, with towels around her waist and hips and all this stuff, trying to get the baby to rotate. And we ended up going to a chiropractor to get the chiropractor to help turn the baby and rotate the baby. And this is all happening like during stage one. So we thought, oh, look, she's in labor. Hey, we're excited. Like, let's get going. And, and but then there were some interventions that had to happen right out of the gate. And that was my role as the father, you know, to, to make arrangements for my other kids, to make sure that I could take her to the chiropractor and spend time and then come and, and set up shop to, to help do all the stuff we had to do to sort of get baby turned around so that she was then ready, ready to continue stage one and move into the transition stage. And let me just, excuse me, interject there. And I think that is where um, doulas really shine and come and come into play is during first stage labor that is when your doula is going to come to your house and help you and some dads are like well I mean some dads are like yes bring on the doula any help uh like just tell me what to do and then you have other dads that are like well um it sounds like a doula may try to take my place and that is not the case at all a doula can be as hands-on as you want her to be. And and I have yet to have a dad be, you know, not want me to be as hands-on as, as I want to. But so I'm in there during first stage labor and I'm saying, dad, okay, let's take turns um, putting pressure on her lower back. Let's take turns squeezing her hips. Um, why don't you take a 30 minute nap and I'm going to stay and I'm going to be with her and we're just going to walk, do some stairs. Um, Hey dad, I think that this baby is, um, is sunny side up, which is what your, your wife's baby's position was. And, um, I think that, I think it'd be a good idea for us to go to the chiropractor or have a chiropractor come to the house. Um, or let me try this technique. And it's, you're doing it together and you're reminding the dad of everything that he has learned because it's intimidating what, when you're in the moment, you know, a lot of times you're like, Oh, I don't know what to do. Yeah. Stuff flies out of your brain. You forget 90% of what you spent three right. months in a birthing class trying to learn. But when your doula says, okay, Brett, I think that we should get her and on her hands and knees, or I think we should get her in a squat. You're like, oh, totally, totally remember that. Thank you. Let's do it. And so they're there walking you through that process and kind of helping you navigate through those little glitches that come up. And far from abdicating abdicating responsibility, choosing to hire a doula or have some help, having midwives, et cetera, uh, is an act that a father can take to be proactive in helping bring his child into the world. And so, so yeah, I would just encourage fathers, you're not, you're not shirking a responsibility far from it. Getting help is, is an act of love for your wife and for your, your unborn child. And so highly encourage that as well. All right. So let me just say one more thing. Um, when, um, because I know I forget because five babies sucks the life out of your brain. So um, when um, when you're thinking about um, having a doula, some dad it's it's mainly I will say this it's mainly the dads. They will say I do not want someone at my birth. I do not know. Well, let me go ahead and 
I'm going to spoil, this is a spoiler alert. Okay. You are going to have people at your birth. You do not know. It doesn't matter if it's, um, so if you have a home birth, yes, you will have more of a relationship with those midwives. And, um, if the midwives have assist, have, um, an assistant, but the 70% of my, my childbirth students deliver in a hospital and you are going to have people you do not know at your delivery, especially if you're having a hospital birth. The one thing that you can guarantee is if you have a doula, that will be the one person that you know that that will be there that you have developed a relationship with and is there specifically to support you as you have this baby. I mean, if you're at the hospital, say 16 hours, well, you know, nurses change shifts, doctors change shifts. You could, you could, in essence, have 10 people rotating in and out of your room that you've never met before in your life. And so um, just, just to kind of encourage that mindset of, um, I don't want someone at my birth. I don't know. Well, you're going to have someone, a huge amount of people you don't know. So if you have a doula, that's the one person that you can know and know that's, and you can, and you can get, it's a guarantee that they're there to support you the whole time. They're not leaving. They're there. They're not on shifts. So, and they're there just to help you. Thank you for that. So, so in stage one, it's, uh, it's water in water out. So I, I like these mm-hmm. simple, simple things to be focused yeah. on and thinking about, uh, what, what's our role in stage two then, because things get a lot more intense as, as you know, your wife goes into transition contractions are a lot closer together, a lot more intense. And, and what's our role? This, this is where Sometimes the helpless feeling, I think, for fathers, I'm just going to speak from the father's side, can come in. We're seeing our wives enter a period of, of pain. We're seeing her in a position that we've never, never seen her in before. Um, and so, man, it can be, it can be scary. It can, it can make us feel a little bit helpless. What can we do to not feel so helpless during the the transition phase of labor and delivery? Well. It's very normal to feel that way. And I think um, that if you, I think you feel that way because you, this is someone, this, this person that you're watching deliver your child, you love them more than anything. And so it is, it can be an emotional moment for you as well. I mean, this is where I'll have dads kind of, I'll look at them and I can tell like, oh man, my poor wife, you know, she's doing so well. And this is, this is just hard. And, and that's because you're one and you're feeling it too. And, and I kind of joke when, um, when a mom is pushing her baby out, I'm pushing with her. And so is her husband, you know, you'll look over and he's like, got his straining face and you're like, okay, don't do anything crazy here. (laughs) You're not the one pushing. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so just know that, and this is where when we do childbirth education, when we talk specifically about transition and you know, it's coming and, and you know, okay, these are the things that my wife is probably going to say. And, and that's very normal. She's going to say, I can't do this. I need you help me, help me, Jesus. You know, um, she'll start saying all these things and, and you're like, okay, but it's encouraging because you're hearing you're hearing your wife totally like cry out and surrender. And you know that it's almost time to start pushing. So instead of 
looking at it as a very scary thing, you just know that you are one step closer to meeting your baby. And is that a role then to remind her of that, to just tell her she's doing a great job? She can do it. Her body was designed to do it. Great job, babe. Like, is that what we're doing during the transition period? Or are we also hands-on, putting pressure on hips? Like, what else should we be doing during this stage? She may she may tell you, don't touch me. Yeah. <laughs> you don't touch her. She may say, she may want you to be very hands-on. I had um, one mom that uh, she she said, um, she told her husband, she said, tell me about good things. And she just wanted to hear stories. And so we were all like, just sitting there like, what's he going to say? What type of story? It was like very entertaining almost like, and he started talking about, uh, they vacationed to Hawaii like often. And he started helping her to, to visualize this, you know, this, uh, place that they love. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, I've had I I had a mom tell her husband during transition to brush his teeth like three times because she was like, "Your breath stinks. I need you to brush your teeth," and you just do it and you don't take offense to it because you know when you're uncomfortable, you say crazy things. But um, he had just been drinking a lot of coffee throughout the labor and that was bothering her, and she'd be like in front of everyone, "Babe, go brush your teeth. I can't. I can't take." it. <laughs> so if she wants you to be hands-on, be hands-on. If she doesn't want you to touch her, um, but she will want you right next to her. And um, this is where you will start to feel like a broken record. You you say the same things with each contraction. You're doing great. Let's get through this next one. I love you. You're doing wonderful. And you just say that over and over. And we kind of have am- amnesia. It doesn't bother us because after each contraction, we forget what you said. Yeah. And you need to hear it again and again and again. Right. And and this is where um, being the protector really comes in because if you're having a hospital delivery, this is where a, the room can get start to get a little busy and can get a little loud because the doctors or midwives and nurses are coming in, kind of prepping the room. And this is where, you know, I've had moms you know, say, can you tell everyone to please be quiet? Um, And I'm like, everybody be quiet. Mom said to be quiet. And um, this is where, you know, dads need to, to, you know, say, okay, everyone turn the lights out, everyone stop talking and make sure her music is on that she's wanting, get her in the position that she wants to be in. And, you know, you got to stand up and be ready to do that, those things. And then at some point she transitions as per the, mm-hmm. per the name of the stage into stage three, which you called stage two labor, which is the pushing stage. And and you said this could last up to two hours. What what do men do for two hours while she's trying to push out a baby? Well, it, this stage is actually really most of the time. I tell everyone I, I love the pushing process uh, because you you become with your labor instead of just having to lay there or stand up and breathe with these contractions you actually get to work with your with your contractions and this is where you start to see women become um, talkative again the contractions space out the way God made our bodies to work is typically with pushing um, these contractions that were normally you know a minute and a half two minutes apart 
they'll space out to three or four minutes apart just to give the laboring mom more time to rest so she can push with that next contraction. And it, it's a really sweet process. And um, and so she'll start to say, you know, kind of lighten up a little bit. And um, you're still giving her water and you're still encouraging her. And especially as you start to be able to see the baby, um, she'll want to, she'll want to, um, hear things like, yes, like we can start to, we see the baby's head and, um, you're helping getting, you're still helping her to get in whatever position, position she needs to be for pushing. And, and like I said, the average is two hours. So some women push less and some women push much longer. And that is just, you know, for a first time mom, and, and let me clarify that that's for first time moms. Once you've already had a baby, it's pretty nice. The pushing process is almost non-existent. Um, but the first time, you know, your body's never done this. And there's a lot of giving in your pelvis and all those ligaments and tendons and muscles that need to to stretch to get this baby out. And so that takes time. And that's very normal. And And we actually want that time. And so that's where it goes back to she'll be pushing in lots of different positions and you are definitely very active in that. And, um, and so, yeah, and just being patient as, as well. And, um, uh, but it's exciting when, when you get to that point. It is very exciting. And then the baby comes out and it's very exciting. And then there's a lot that happens as soon as the baby's out. What, you know, what, what happens after the baby actually comes? Is there a lot of blood? What, what like what should what should fathers be expecting <laughs> yeah. and, and ready for after the baby's actually delivered? So I, I love talking to my students about that specifically um, because nobody wants a surprise. And so this baby, this sweet little baby, comes out and you have your moment. And you're just so excited and um, and then. Um, eventually you'll have to, um, so mom needs to be doing skin to skin, like bonding with her baby. And when it comes time to cut the cord, dad typically does that. And then there is the delivery of this placenta, which is most of the time, very uneventful. And so is there, is there blood? I love that question because, um, dads just, they just kind of think that it's just this like murder scene that's happening, you know, and, um, the average blood loss is, um, around like 16 ounces ounces, which is, you know, roughly two cups of, of, um, uh, two cups of blood. But, um, we have this amniotic fluid that comes out as well. The water that's been in, in mom's, in mom's belly. And so we know that when you mix blood and water, it kind of, it it spreads. And so don't be intimidated by that. You know, us women, we've been bleeding monthly or, you know, since puberty. And so God has made our bodies to be able to, uh, to have that shift of, uh, of blood loss. And, um, so yeah, it's around two cups. And if there is anything that's, um, if if the care provider thinks that there is more than what is needed, then they'll, you know, give some medication to stop that. And typically it's not a problem. So, um, and 
and going back to the placenta, um, I had a I had a dad take my class, and it was him and his wife's uh, first. It was their first baby together, and he had um, two teenage boys. And when I was talking about you know the umbilical cord and placenta and all that, he told me that he was like, I'm so glad that you're telling these dads about this because when his his first wife had their first child. Um, he did not know that there was a placenta. He didn't know what it was. He had, you know, he just thought she had the baby and that was it. And so when his first wife delivered this placenta, he thought that she was dying because he saw this thing come out of her that he did not know. It's like all her internal organs are just coming out. he He, it was such a panic for him. Until the doctors were like, oh, this is a placenta. That's very normal. He was like, okay, because I literally thought that she was dying. So so it's just like something little like that. Um, so, yeah. And and things can happen. And this is where education comes into play. Something that I didn't know could happen uh, happened in our, in our delivery, which is that when the placenta disengaged to be delivered, it slightly ripped the i guess the uterus or whatever i maybe maybe don't know all the all the the right terms but um it ripped something and created a lot more bleeding and but and so that kind of scared me because we had more than the two cups of bleeding and i'm thinking my wife's dying and the good news is you have medical professionals there to help and in our case midwives we did a home birth but we're in two very capable hands of of women who immediately did exactly what had to be done stopped the bleeding it wasn't a big deal they see it a thousand times every year like for them it was nothing for me though as a father watching my wife bleeding more than i was expecting it was scary my you know i'm freaking out, not freaking out, but like, what's going on? I'm trying to stay calm for her. Internally freaking out. Yeah, because I'm trying to stay calm for her, right? That's my role. I don't want her to, she's just holding the baby. She's doing skin to skin, not necessarily realizing things are going on down there. Um, But anyway, so the point is, man, unexpected things can happen, but, but also realize that it doesn't have to be a source of fear because A, a lot of it could be completely normal and natural, like delivering a placenta that you just didn't know about, or other things that could happen that, that perfectly capable, skilled doctors, nurses, midwives can take care of. Yes. So the woman immediately starts to bond with the baby via skin to skin. How, how can the father prepare to start to bond with his new child in the hours and then certainly days and weeks following delivery? Because now, now it's time to be a father, right? And, and we often think that the woman has most of the responsibility. She does. She's going to start to breastfeed and figure out how to keep this baby alive and all of that. But like, what's, what's our role? How do we, obviously we'll hold the baby for the first time, but how can we start to bond with our new child right away? I love seeing a husband and wife become parents. It is the most beautiful thing. Um, Just that I'm so honored that I get to witness that. And um, because a lot of dads, when when their wife is pregnant, they... You know, we want you talking to the baby. Um, They know your voice. And, but really, other than 
doing these things to help your wife, like making sure she's eating healthy and, and getting good exercise and things like that. We, a lot of dads kind of feel like, oh man, like I don't feel very bonded to this baby. And that's very normal. You're not the one carrying this child for nine months. And, but when that baby is born, I mean, it's like instant bonding. And so one, one thing is you're going to do skin to skin as well when your wife, um, you know, nurses that baby for the first time and has her skin to skin. Um, we encourage dads, you get your skin to skin. Um, uh, I kind of joke with the dads. I'm like, all right, take off that shirt, you know, <laughs> let's, let's see them pecs because here comes your baby. And um, I'll have dad say, um, they'll ask me this in class and it's, they always pull me aside and I'm like, you know, come on, man. They're like, well, I have a lot of chest hair. Um, is that going to like confuse the baby? <laughs> and I said, no, <laughs> you know, it's not going to confuse the baby. And so um, you get to have your skin to skin. And, um, but also this is huge. When you have your baby, it's being very protective of the hours after it's so it's it's very tempting tempting to just have family just barrel in, you know, and you need just you and your wife um, and your baby need to have hours of time alone at least, just establishing breastfeeding, holding your baby, changing the the baby's first diaper, and just just having those alone moments before you know, the excited grandparents start coming in. So just being protective of, of that time after where it's just you three together and nobody else. And I would echo what you said about the immediate bonding. I, you know, I, throughout the whole process for the birth of our, our first child, I wasn't sure if I would feel and experience the love for that child that I had heard so much about. Right. And this is me just opening up. And I think a lot of men may be able to relate to this, right? And and my wife is constantly, was constantly saying, come, you know, look, the baby's moving or talk to your baby. And I'm talking to her belly, but it's like almost not real because it's like inside of her, you can't see it. She's carrying it. She wants you to be involved, but it's, it's not real. You see her belly getting bigger, you know, something is in there, like it's real. And yet it doesn't connect at a deep emotional level. But I will tell you, man, if you, if you've ever wrestled with thoughts of what if I, what if I don't love the baby? What if I don't have the strong bond with him or her? What if, you know, all of the what ifs I had them and I can tell you that I've had them and I know that a lot of men have as well, but I can also tell you, and then this was told to me and I almost didn't believe it that the second you see your child, the second the baby is born, a flip switches. And it mm -hmm. just does. And I remember, it's also a very uh, emotionally, uh, a time of a lot of emotional release as well. I'm not a very emotional person. I didn't carry a ton of emotion through the pregnancy. But but what you said, Crystal, I think is exactly right, that the, that the father carries a lot of the the stress and the emotion of the experience internally while it's happening. She's pushing, she's struggling, she's crying out, she's she's going through the labor. Yeah, her body's doing it, but we are right there with her. 
uh, where I was up for 45 straight hours, I think, because we had such a long, <laughs> you know, I, I won't bore you with all the details. Ours wasn't quite as uh, quite as linear and step-by-step and smooth maybe as, as Crystal sort of laid it out. Our first was was a longer process. And so I'm I'm sleep deprived and and I've been up for 45 hours and, and there was a huge endorphin release. There was a, I just like literally was like heaving and, you know, after the baby was finally born, uh, my wife asked me to go down to the kitchen and um, you know, just get her some water, get her some ice chips, get her something to eat. And, and literally it's like, once I finally left the environment, it was just like this huge release. And I was like doubled over, like, not like crying, but just releasing all of this emotion. And so, but then, yeah, the first time I had skin to skin and, and held that child, it was like instantaneous love and instantaneous bonding and connecting that, that then grows, you know, in the, in the days and weeks following. So I just wanted to share that encouragement to any men listening who may, who may be having some of those questions, doubts, worry about that side of things that it will happen for you. And, um, one thing that I see that it's really great, um, just going back to education with my, with taking a class is you'll, you get to know the other dads, like in the class that you're in. And as these dads start to open up and ask questions, you're like, oh yeah, like he's thinking that. And I feel that way too. And that's a great question. And I was thinking that too. And, and it's just like, it's so good to be around other soon to be dads and know it's kind of like a breath of fresh air. Okay. Like they feel the same way I do and they have these fears as well. And so, um, but yeah, just to kind of commune over that as well with other soon to be dads is, is, is really great for you dads. Along those lines, just as we sort of wrap up this episode, do you have any funny stories? Uh, I, I've loved some of the stories you've already shared about you know, men being worried about having too much chest hair. And like, so some of these questions that that you're talking about that maybe we would hear from other men, any other stories though of things that you've seen, either things that maybe fathers have done really well, like, hey, this father stepped up into this, you, you guys should emulate that. Or this dude just passed out completely when he saw blood and was just like laying on the floor while his wife was delivering the baby. Like, are there any funny stories like that or, or do's and don'ts that you've seen from your own experience that, that might help some of the listeners? Well, I tell everyone that it's, it's, it's a, it's comedy relief after the fact. And so, um, you know, after you have the baby, um, you, it'll take you some time to kind of process that your birth experience. And, and when me and my husband were, re, were reliving um, the birth of our first child, I mean, I was just, you know, got to the point, I was just like, that was hilarious. I cannot believe I said that. I can't believe I did that. And um, a- apparently um, after I had my first child, like right when he came out and I was holding him, I do not remember saying this. The only reason I know I said it was because my doula and my husband like were like, you said this. (laughs) And, um, and I think that I was, I wasn't fully serious. I was in this like euphoric state of oxytocin release release. And, and uh, I said, I said, babe, are you ever going to want to have sex with me again? After what you just saw. (laughs) Apparently the room got really quiet to hear what he was going to say. And, um, and my husband is like very, he, you know, he's not shy, but, um, I'm definitely, he's the introvert and I'm the extrovert. 
And uh, apparently he was like, babe, you know, like he just didn't know what to say. He was like, yes, you know, <laughs> but everyone was waiting to hear what he said. But, you know, I, out of, you know, nearly like 300 uh, students that I've had, never had a dad pass out. Okay. I have, um, I have had one dad who, while his wife was pushing, he got very lightheaded and he felt like he was going to pass out. And that was because, um, at like midnight, he drank a big glass of pre-workout on an empty stomach. And it was just like, he had no food. And that's why I tell dads, you need to be eating and drinking as well during this process. And I, I did have, I did have another dad when his wife was pushing. Uh, so it's been two dads during the pushing process that got a little uh, woozy, but nobody has ever passed out. No one's thrown up, you know, that all my dads have just done so well, sometimes surprisingly well, where I've said, dude, you need to be a doula. Like you were awesome. (laughs) You know? Yeah. They step up and they do great. Dads, you'll do better than what you think that you're going to do. Yeah. Well, and with the help of some of what you have shared today. So I certainly thank you for your time, for sharing stories and wisdom and insight into what we can expect during the process. Have we missed anything? Are there any, like if men want to learn more, do you have any books to recommend, recommended resources, any sort of parting advice or anything we've missed? I would just say that, you know, when you find out that you're expecting, start the process of getting signed up for a class. Um, I recommend um, the um, on anything by Anna Mae Gatskin that that you can read. Um, the Business of Being Born is a great documentary to watch. I mean, honestly, if your dads, after they listen to this podcast, they'll probably be more equipped than the majority of, of dads going into to birth without doing anything. And um, Dr. Bradley, any um, which the Bradley method is what I teach, and he has several books that are that are specific for um, for dads to read because he's the one that um, it's called Husband Coach Childbirth. And you know, there's there's um, I would just highly recommend as your wife is educating herself, like you be reading some books too, and you know, watching some documentaries and and taking a class and. Um, to start that process early on, because I, I get I get this all the time. I'll get calls, you know, mom's 36 weeks pregnant. Hey, so what what should we do to prepare? <laughs> and I'm like, OK, well, you don't have a lot of time. But <laughs> so trying to do that stuff early on is really helpful. But it's never too late. And so regardless, men, of when you are listening to this and and thinking about this stuff, Step up, you know, as I sort of conclude, I'll, I'll hearken back to really how I open this episode, which is that this is an opportunity for us to show up for the very first time in the lives of our kids. And, and it feels good on the back end to have played an active role bringing our children into the world. I can say that from firsthand experience that when I look back on the birth of Declan and as I now look forward to the birth of, of our daughter here in a couple of months, being active during the process, stepping up. You know, my wife said afterwards, she said she couldn't have done it without me. And I don't know if those were just words, but I think they were genuine from her heart at the time because we were a team, we were in it together. 
And it, it brought us closer together, certainly, my wife and I, but it also made me feel so much more invested then in that little life, feeling like I played a role too. And it just set the stage so beautifully for, I think, the first days of of being a father and walking that out. Yes, she did most, she does most of the work, but we do some work too, more than Jim Gaffigan makes it sound like we do, <laughs> and uh, if we do it right. And so hopefully you guys feel like you're better equipped to quote unquote, do it right. Thanks to Crystal Shields for being here. So thank you again, Crystal, for, uh, for showing up, for helping us fathers try to do it better. You're welcome. I love this. I, I love this podcast, what you're doing. Thank you. And for all the listeners, we will let you get back to your days, share your stories, reach out to us. I'll make sure our contact information is in the show notes. We would love to hear any funny stories, just any stories from your own birthing experience, things you're doing now to to prepare for the birth of your child. I'll try to post some resources that Crystal has talked about, those documentaries and books in the show notes below. So check those out as well. Have a great rest of your day, everyone, and we will talk with you soon. Take care. Oh,